0: You wait for the story to finish. How can you be blessed going to awake? We went to awake and uh, the lady who passed away had had ten children. Four of her own. Four of her own and six only by her husband. Get it? Eulogy after eulogy was shared. And the six who are not really from her womb kept on sharing with the congregation that she loved all of them equally. As if they were all really from her womb. And when she was asked, or when she would be asked, how many children do you have? She would always say ten. The pastor who happened to be her brother shared also that she took it upon herself to provide for the education of his children as he would go into the ministry. So to make a long story short, people kept coming up and telling the congregation about her impact in their salvation. That she was instrumental in one way or another in bringing to someone who was there to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we are all called to do, right? So after the, the service, we were at the reception, and Tita Chilet was there, and we were talking. And I happened to mention to Lynette and Tita Chilet that at the end of our lifetime, I hope that people who would eulogize me or us would also say that this person was instrumental in my coming to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we left it at that. We drove home, removed my shoes, changed. I went to the computer outside, looked at my email there was an email that came from my niece. I thought it was a spam. Because she doesn't usually send me an email. It says, there was a title. It said, God Happened. And I would like to read for you what she wrote me. I remember maybe 10 years ago, you invited me and Mama An. that's my mother, to go to CCF's anniversary in Araneta. I remember telling myself, I think I like this setup. 2007, I would start going to Victory, Fort Bonifacio on Sundays, but would keep it from my mom. Well, I told her, but she resisted right away, telling me she raised me as a Catholic and I should remain this way. So I stopped or would go only when I feel really troubled to seek God. This year, I started religiously going to victory again. And I remembered then that Tita Lynette or Lawrence would always invite me to CCF's retreat. For some reason, a strong voice was telling me to go. So I did. I just wanted to share that today. I just wanted to share that today I got baptized to publicly declare that I'm God's warrior. I was hesitant at first because for sure, my mom would kill me. But I told myself, it's not really converting. It's really just accepting God. Catholic, Christian, I feel that what is important is what's in my heart. When I die, I don't think God will ask me what church I went to and judge me. He will see my heart. So there, sharing to you that today is my birthday. Continue praying for me as I walk with Him. I am overflowing with love and peace. I cannot explain. And praise God for this peace. I don't, I don't intel, intend to tell my mom already. Maybe one day I will. But maybe through the change that she will see, she'll understand me one day. Miss you guys and just sharing this awesome news. I just thought I'd like to share that with all of us to encourage us that nothing prayer, an invitation, a simple talk, a devotional, whatever it is, It all counts. And God will use whatever it is, whatever it takes, to bring a lost soul into His kingdom. To God be the glory.
1: Amen. Why don't we give God a big hand for that? You know, God is really amazing. I'm just awed. Um, he just approached me and said, can I share something? Who can say no to Pastor Song? <laughs> he, he was like saying, you shut up, I'll share, okay? <laughs> hey, but you know, knowing me, I said, go ahead, go ahead, do it. But you know, believe me, that testimony is related to what I'm going to talk about today. Isn't God amazing? Wow. Let's close in prayer, okay? <laughs> just kidding. By the way, you ate already, Okay? Merupang great! So I can speak the whole morning. Pastor Rin Song, is that okay? Seriously, um, we welcome you and um, we are so blessed to have you. We see you every Sunday. And uh, people like us who serve the Lord get a lot of encouragement by seeing you become faithful yourself. So, we love you. You may not love me, but I love you. CCFLA is about discipleship. You know, two years ago when we started our first worship service, like it was only Pastor Rinsong, myself, and my family, and I think it was Romy and uh, Edwin. You know, he was looking at us. We were so few, okay. And he said, you know, uh, I'm here because I want to encourage you that you know, CCFLA is worth it. We're not here to establish another small Filipino church. If our objective is to establish a small Filipino church, let's forget about it. Let's back up and go. Because we are here because we want to establish a discipleship movement. A movement that will be different. A movement that will make an impact in the world we live. Keep that in mind. You know, please, don't come here because you're forced to come here. Don't come here because the lunch is good. Don't come here because Pastor Dandy sings very well or something like that, you know. I hope you're coming here because you see that there is something important that you're doing that will make an impact in your family, in your city, and even this world. That's why CCF is all about discipleship. And we're not going to stop until we're so clear on what discipleship is all about and that all of us are into it, doing discipleship. We We even make it humorous, like call it discipleship, because that's what we are and that's who we are and that's what we should be in the eyes of God. And our vision, our mission is this. Can we all read this together, please? To make the Great Commission. Do you know what the Great Commission is? That is the last habilin of Jesus Christ. That's the last wish or command of Christ before he ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of God. That's very important the great commission so matthew 28 18 to 20 i will not show it can you recite it Aha! Da, 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 da. Okay. seriously i'd like you to memorize this one of these days because the more you read about this the more you run this in your head and in your heart you will know what we why we exist as christians matthew 28 18 to 20. Let's read it. All authority has. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Disciples are made. Not born. Do you see that in the verse? The first thing that Jesus said is, make disciples. Why? Because disciples are made. And we're here to be discipled. We're here to make disciples. How can you make disciples if you yourselves are not good disciples? You know what I'm saying? Disciples are made. That's why Jesus gave us the Great Commission and this command. And you know what? What is the value of making disciples? He promises something. What did he say? By right. Surely, I am with you always. What is that? I am with you always. What is that? Presence. presence of God. Who said that? Tessa. Right. The presence of God. Surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And you know what? The Great Commission is God's presence. If you are pursuing the Great Commission, meaning you are a disciple, you are being discipled, and you are discipling others, you have no choice. God is present with you. And if God is present with you, whether you like it or else, you are rested. Right? And you know what rested means? I keep pounding and pounding on this. I'm I'm not really pounding it because of the benefit, but rather, you see, what it means to you. Rested, rested, restedness means you are provided for. You are protected from the things that worry you. And then more importantly, this is what I like. Because you are provided for, because you are protected from, and because you are rested, you will stand up and be distinguished to be different people. And people will see you and say, Tinette, I like what you have. You seem to be rested in spite of Henry. Okay? Because of Henry, oh, okay, see how rested she is, right? And said, you know, what do you have? You know, okay, see, all of a sudden, you're a witness. And, you know, when you have rested people, if all of us will be rested, and it will, we are so distinguished, you know what will happen to us? We will be so healthy, this church will be healthy, then people will see what it means to be discipled. Does that make sense to you? That's the reason why we're here. Why? Because the local church, guys, the local church is the hope of the world. How many of you have seen the Republican what do you call that? RNC. National Convention. National Convention okay. I mean, it's, it's just so depressing. They just keep telling the poor condition of this country, the joblessness, and everything is what? Something that we should worry about. Right? And You know, and they keep they keep saying that the hope of this nation is a new president. That's not true. Of course, that's what they're going to say. But the reality, folks, the hope of the nation and the hope of the world is you, the church. And if we're not going to make our difference, if we're not going to do what we need to do, then might as well kiss the world goodbye. Because our world is not going to improve. Where do we begin? We begin with our family. Do you like your family to be, you know, a wholesome family? Would you like your family to be a wholesome family? If and when you get married, the two of you? You're smiling. Yeah. Why not? You see, without even trying, if your family is okay, you know, your circle of friends will be okay. Your clan will be okay. The city will be okay. The nation will be okay. That's why the church, the local church, is the hope of the nation. And that's why we're here. But we still have lunch later. Pastor song last week reminded us of what discipleship is all about. And I would like to to build on that, okay? And remember that testimony, okay? I will I will I will go back to that later. He said last week that discipleship is the process. Actually, this is CCF's definition of discipleship. Let's read it. Discipleship is the process of bringing people to Jesus Christ and that is believe, building them up, grow, and faith in the faith towards Christ-likeness, that means discipleship, for the purpose of spiritual multipli- multiplication resulting in the glory of God. I'd like you to remember those four words. Because CCF, we, together with CCF Manila and CCF LA, will, will have what we call a global leadership series, okay? Curriculum. And in, in this global series, we will subject all of us into this program where we will have you believe, we will have you grow we will have you being discipled and to be discipled and we will see you multiplying and if that happens you know god gets the glory and that's going to be very exciting and he said that we're we're going to we're going to have discipleship through friendship okay and our intention is that all of us in this room right now who would want to be discipled will develop friendship relationship with one another okay like Mike and Brian will have friendship relationship with one another. Henry and I. For me to be able to disciple Henry, he's gotta be my friend. Right? So friendship. And if you, if you notice it, every time we break up at the end of the worship service, you, you're actually developing friendship, right? Right, Denise? Right, Charm? You, you're, you're finding new friends. And that's what discipleship is all about. Friendship with a vision. What is the vision? You make friends with them, but you have a vision. And the vision is what? Building them up to grow. Building them up to first to believe and then to grow so that they will become a disciple, so that they will multiply. That's the vision. Okay? And so, you know, one of these days, all of us will be asked to be part of a discipleship group. And when you are part of the discipleship group, what happens? You know, the vision for you is to grow, to be a disciple, and then to multiply. And that's what you will have for your disciples as well. So, there will be building up, building up disciples will require pillars as foundation. Okay? Pillars. And they are four. Uh, we will discuss this one up Sunday after Sunday, and we will build up one after another. Four build-up pillars to make one a disciple. And this will all be uh, encompassed or embraced through friendship. The first one is what? Let's read this. Supreme love for God. Number two. Number three. Denial of self towards God and towards man. Number four. Reflection of Christ-like love towards others. These are the four pillars upon which, through friendship, we will build one another up. Is that okay? Am I still with you guys? Okay. The first one is what? Supreme love for God. I'm going to talk about this today. Next week, somebody will talk about study and devotion of the word. And then we build up one upon the other. I should take a look at it. Number one is supreme love for God. We cannot go and become disciples unless we start with a supreme love for God. That's why I want to talk about that today. The first pillar, supreme Love for God. When you say supreme love for God, what comes into your mind? Supreme love for God. Wow. He got it. You know? Supreme love for God is this. Loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Mika, it's loving God with all you've got. Right? And that's number one pillar. Uh oh, supreme love for God. Number one pillar. Meaning what? There's not gonna be any discipleship without starting with a supreme love for God. Let's take a look at scriptures and see what Jesus has to say about this. Can we all rise, please? Matthew ten, thirty five to thirty nine. Let's read this together. Thirty five
0: for I.
1: What is Jesus talking about here? Let's continue. He who does not take his cross. And then Matthew 22:37, he said to him Let's pray. God thank you for the sharpness of your word. Thank you that you, Jesus, our God, our Lord, our Savior, you never apologize, that you never utter words which don't carry any meaning that can pierce our very hearts and our very soul. Lord, allow us to understand the sharpness of your word and why you say such things which may not make sense to us. We know, Lord, you're a sovereign God, and we know that your word is so sharp it can cut through our judgment our spirit, and our soul. Lord, let your word speak to us and change us. And I commit myself to you, Lord. I can't do this on my own apart from your spirit. So fill me with your spirit and fill us all with your spirit to take a look at this this first pillar of discipleship, which is to supremely love you, love you with all of our heart, soul, might, and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated. Okay. Look at this. Say this with me. No supreme love for God. No discipleship. discipleship. CCF is all about what? It's not going to mean anything unless we have supreme love for God. No supreme love for God. No disciple. No disciple. No discipleship. That's why it's the first pillar. That's why it's what we need to understand. If we miss this, we will go on with our Christian life, wondering, lost. But if we get this, believe me, the second, the third, and the fourth foundation will be so um, interactive and so complementary and synchronized that you will be excited about your Christian life. Maybe if I ask you the question, do you love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind now? You know the obvious answer? Of course! I come to church, I read the Bible, and I'm a Christian. And I belong to CCF, And I'm a disciple, right? Well, only you can answer. No supreme love for God, no disciple, no discipleship, no great commission, no God's presence, no restiveness. Do you see the, the effect? And that's why it's very, very important that we concentrate on loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and strength. Now, my question is this. Oh, that's why it's the first pillar. My question is this. How do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength? I'd like you to discuss this briefly for a minute. Just to the person next to you. Mike? Okay? How do you love God with all of your hearts? Come on, let's discuss this and then I'm going to ask a few to tell me what you discussed. Can we do that for just a minute? Okay. How do you love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength? Two of you. Seriously, come on. Uh, Bong and Mike, okay? Oh, you okay. Uh, let me see. Doctora? Can you discuss that with with Bob? Okay, just just just. How do you do it? Supreme love for God. Loving God with all of your heart. How do you do it? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Let me ask, let me ask what Tinette uh, heard from Gita. Okay. How do you love God with all of your heart, soul, and mind? Tinette, what did she say? She said, for God, like, making, making, your for making your whole life revolve around living for God. For the the glory of God. Wow. Okay. Uh, Let me see. Dion, what did Kathy say? (laughs) Charles, what did Denise say? to To understand the love of God so that you can love him back. Completely. Completely. Peter, what did Jenny
0: say?
1: Translation, Peter loves Jenny so much. Okay? <laughs> you see, The reason why I'm asking this question is, you may have your own answers as you were discussing it. How can you show supreme love for God if you have no idea what it means? Right? I mean, the word love is not just a word you say. I mean, wives, if your husband tells you, I love you, what does it mean? I don't know. Will you appreciate it? There's no difference as far as God is concerned. If God tells us to love me with all of your heart, soul, and mind, He wants something specific. And if we don't know that, how can we show supreme love for God? We're lost. And we will not be disciples. There will not be discipleship. And the hope of the nation, which is the church, will be what it is today. today—just moving about its business. Because we have no idea what it means to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul with all of our mind. So, my point is this. What supreme love for God is to God? You know what I'm saying? If you ask God, Lord, I want to stop guessing. I want to be sure okay, so that I do it right. Peter was very expressive in the way he said it. But you know what? Peter was very close. Killing Mo Brad. Okay. Galing pala ni Jenny, si Jenny pala nag-sabi sa 'yo noon, okay? What supreme love for God is to God. Okay? And it's very obvious you've been reading this all along. Okay, John 14:15, if you love me, what? You will obey my commandments. If you want to show God you love God with all of your heart, it's very simple. Paula, just obey God. And if we cannot obey God, then don't tell me you love God. He said it again in John 14, 21. He who has my commandments, what? Keeps them. Is the one who loves me. How clear is that? Very clear. (laughs) Very clear. To God, supreme love for God. To God, okay, is what? Obedience. Simple as that. Obedience. Obedience. Discipleship, the Great Commission, is all about obedience. To all, all the commands of God. Ouch. Uh, Pastor Dan, isn't that very demanding man of God? I, I didn't say it. God said it. Obedience to all of God's commands. Look at, look at the Great Commission. Again, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he said, go therefore, make disciples, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, this is a baptistry. Okay? Those of you who have not been baptized yet, one of these days, will sound like that niece of Pastor in song and would want to be baptized. I know my father-in-law, my mother-in-law are ready to be baptized, but they want to, to do it in the pool, not here. Okay? Uh, I remember when Grace and I were baptized. Okay, we were baptized in um, Tagig. Okay, CCF was still very small, and we were very new. Pastor Peter told me to dress up in my best. Okay, one Sunday, I didn't know I was going to be baptized. Yes, Sean, it was Pastor Peter. Okay, he told me, "Come, join us. Dress up." Okay, I was dressed up. And then he said, Danny, stand up, testify, say your testimony, and then after this you'll be baptized. What? And then, said, okay, I'll be baptized. I testified I was baptized. When we were baptized, we were brought back to the baptistry. There was kitikiti, okay? And the water was green, okay? And I was wearing my Barong Tagalog, okay? And Grace and I, and Grace was wearing white see-through, man. I look at my wife, she was saying... We were baptized because it's part of the Great Commission. Pastor Peter was just obeying the command. But it did not stop there. Right? What follows? And teaching them what? Teaching them what? To obey. What? Everything. I have commanded you. That's discipleship. You share Christ. You baptize them. And then what? You don't stop there. You teach them everything that the Lord commanded so that they will obey it. All right? And surely, I will be with you always to the very end of the age to obey everything that I have commanded you. You know, Peter, you love your children, right? All of them, they're at the back. Excluding Boogie, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, Jenny... And Peter loved their children so much. They're willing to do anything for their children. Yes or no? You're willing to do everything for your children, right? Even though they're hard-headed at times, they, you know, but you know, what, what do you expect? Because you love them, what do you expect in return? Uh, don't you expect him to give your allowance or to clean the car and, you know, take care of the electric bill later? Or don't you expect her to, we do the cooking. We don't expect them to do something big, right? Because we provide for everything that we want them to express our love for them, right? I mean, those of you who will have children in the future, you will discover that. You know? You, you, you don't, you, you go out of your way and do everything. And what do you expect from them? I want you to give me your first salary. You know, you don't do that. You know? You know what, what, what you expect from these children? Just to love you back. Right? And how do you expect them to love you back? Obey. Now, the Father is the same. God the Father is the same. Now, Peter, Jenny, if one of those Beautiful kids at the back, especially the teenage girl smiling right there. Okay. Will disobey you. How will you feel? Hurt. You feel hurt. You feel hurt. And that's how the father feels. And I'd like you to always see that every time you refuse to obey a command. But Pastor Danny, the commands of God are impossible. The commands of God are unreasonable. Yes, guys. God expects us to obey all, including those which are hard to obey. For example, always forgive those who offend and persecute you. Did God say that? Yeah. I know of some people right here who are having problems forgiving people because they were hurt. You know, but God said forgive. You know, what is your, what is your opposite reaction to that? No, I won't. I'd rather get mad and get even. Right? That's the world. And the default system that we have will always go to getting even and get mad. But God says no, forgive. How many times? Seventy times seven. Even more. Now if God tells you Obey that and you don't obey it. Do you love God? Yeah, but but but, but it's hard. <laughs> we keep saying things that will justify our position because all we think is about is ourselves. But I want you to consider now every time you disobey God, you're hurting God. And He's hurt because He loves you. What about this? Submit to your husbands in everything. Oh, you know, okay, 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 Pastor Dan, okay. I will submit, but remember, I will tell my husband he may be the head, but I am the neck. Okay? And dami na ating palusot, no? Just to be able to avoid the command. Okay, okay, I agree. I will say I will submit, but remember this: I am the neck, and I can break my neck to make you dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that obedience? Hindi <laughs> ba? That's not obedience. Mike, you're laughing. Darating ang paloon. Sige ka. Kala uh-huh. mo ba? Uh-huh. Tignan mo si George. Oh. <laughs> Children, obey, honor, and respect your parents. Woo! See, they're clapping. You know in the Philippines that's easy but in America asubukan this is America i have my rights i can even sue you hear me that, that hurts isn't it and you know look i don't have anything against america but because of the pull of culture and because of the world you know i have i have my heart goes out to the parents because we really are in a, in a rock and a hard place and you know i hope Enrique, Emilio, Kita, obey, honor, and respect your parents for God because God commanded it. And if you love God, you will obey it even if it hurts. Even if they don't make sense. Okay? <laughs> See? That's my daughter right there. Husbands, say, I love you to your wife every day. Husbands, look at me. Okay? Will you please, hey, you know, I, I, I tried this with someone, and he was, he, he felt like he was being crucified. Pastor naman! ang hirap niyan. You know, why? When was the last time you said, I love you to your wife? Twenty years ago! na! <laughs> You know, they will always struggle, and they say, "Ah, oh, ayoko nga." She knows that already. You know what? It feels odd and corny if I say I love you. You know, to the men, I, I I can understand what you're feeling, especially if you have not told I love you to your wife recently. But if you are if you are going to be obedient because God said, love your wife unconditionally and sacrificially to the point of dying for her. If to say I love you will make you die, die. Ayoko. Baka he he will get she will get used to it and demand it. Baka maya-maya I love you. I love you. You know, this guy that I said I love you. First day, tell your wife I love you. First day, I texted him, did you say I love you? Lie, hirap. Magka I love you na sana ako. Bigla akong tinig na masama. Ay, hindi na. Okay <laughs> pa. Sabi niya. Then, okay? following day, I texted Oh, did you? Mahirap talaga, Pastor, sabi niya. I'm gonna try. Can I pray for you? Uh, let's try. Uh, promise me. Okay, you promise me you say it because you will see the hand of God when you start doing that. That's obedience. Okay, sabi niya. Third day. Wala Mahirap talaga, Pastor. Fourth day, sabi niya. He texted me. Day one. I said I love you. Wow. And then I said, what, what happened? I said, well, I mm-hmm. <laughs> Second day. I, second day, he said, I love you. Third day, I love you. The fourth day, he texted me. I want to show you his text. You know what he said? God is so good. So amazing. Said he my wife started to soften up and change. And I think that's the day before yesterday. I asked him, so did you say I love you today? I did. And you know what my wife said? I love you lang. Palabang kiss? <laughs> ano? Oh? Oh? Guys, it's all about obedience when even the command is hard. That's why God is pleased and that's why we we stop right at our tracks and say, Oh nga, no? Oh no? Fathers, do not exasperate your children. This is a command. Yan. Yeah. Sino may sabi ni? Timi, oh, timi. Brad. Around here, I'm the boss. Okay? Do as I say and not as I do or else, layas. Kati, layas in Tagalog means layaway. Okay? Slaves! Slaves. We're all slaves. We're all working for... Uh, for uh, companies in the US it says obey your earthly masters even if they are unreasonable. Oh, America to uh, excuse me, I will sue you. Right? Diba? I'm part of a union and you cannot tell me what to do because I have my own rights. You know, you know what the world what God is saying? Forget about the union. Just do as your master says. That doesn't sound right, does it? But here we are so quick to complain because we are so what? pressured by the world to conform to the world. But what God is saying, don't do that. Do exactly what I want you to do. Obey them even if they are unreasonable. So guys, are you getting the drift? If God is saying, obey all that God commands, are there ifs and buts? Are there conditions? None. And if you do that, what are you expressing to God? You love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. What about this? Stop rubbing God by not giving your tithes and offerings. Give your tithes and be blessed. You know this is biblical, but what do you say? Eh, God will understand, kahit na wala akong maibigay, kasi I'm behind my mortgage na ngay, No? Cha, We're barely surviving. You see, you know God does not give you commands to be unreasonable. God gives you command to become better people. God gives you command to show. That you are willing to obey even if it hurts. Because that is faith. That is faith. So, again, supreme love for God to God is what? Obedience. Okay? Obedience. That's what supreme love for God is. To be a disciple is to obey God. To love God supremely above all. And we exist to become disciples. We have no choice except to love God supremely. It is the number one pillar. Miss this pillar, we will miss discipleship altogether. What does it mean? Obey God in everything. Question. If we are not willing, if we are not actually obeying all of God's commands, does it mean that we do not love God above all? What's the answer? Hello! Let's call a spade a spade. You don't. Because God said love means obeying everything. The sooner you realize that, I think the better off we are. You know, that's, that's the condition of many Christians today. You know, God will understand. God is loving and I'm sure, you know, He will, He will, He will adjust to me. What? You know, the sooner you understand this. Remember, the word of God is cutting and it's sharp. It's so cutting and it's sharp. Partial obedience is not obedience. It means we do not love God above all. Period. Why? Because we have other loves. Right, Brian? We have other loves that compete with God and you don't know it. You are going through it and that Those other loves and those other gods are pulling you away and you don't know it. And that's why God is saying, I insist that you put me above all. Hello, wake you up, because you're actually in love with other gods and you have other loves that compete against me. Example, he was very specific in 1 John 2, 15-16. God said, do not love the world nor the things in the world. That's our problem, guys, actually. That is our problem. We love the world so much. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. How clear is that? Huh? If you love the world, then you cannot love God, in other words. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Nothing wrong with money. But the love for money is going to get you. It is the root, it is a root of all sorts of evil, right? I like money. It can buy me things, it can help me, but God is saying, don't put it as your God. What about, you know, yourself? You're so, I didn't mean to put, you know, <laughs> please. I, I love this guy, but I was looking for an illustration which says, galing ko talaga, no? galing ko talaga. You know, I love myself, okay? Many of us fall in love with ourselves so much that we forget about God. Ourselves compete with the love for God, right? Especially if you're very successful. Huh, believe me. I, I I think you know what I'm talking about. Materialism. You want all the things, all the toys in the world, and you if you can absorb them, you will absorb them. Right? Or what about peer pressure? You know? The love for the barkada is there, and when they tell you to do this for fear that you will be rejected, what do you do? Huh? You yield and you conform. You know, pretty soon, what? That your love for the world will make you conform to the world. And when, when you conform to the world and when you love the world, the conclusion is that you will not be able to love God. Am I, am I making sense? Am I communicating? Right. That's why guys, Jesus raised the bar. Jesus raised the bar. He wanted us to see what it means to love God in very clear terms, which will shock you. He raised the bar on loving God. What did he say? For I came to set a man against his father. What? I came to to set a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies, look at this, a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Remember the testimony? I'm not gonna tell my mom, she's gonna get mad at me. Remember? Those of you who are coming here without the knowledge of your parents, because you love God, aren't your parents the problem? You may, you may look at it that way, because that's why God said, I came here with a sword. Sabi And I'm gonna set man, man's enemies will be the members of his household. Make no mistake. This came from Jesus, by the way. You know, is Jesus making a mistake here? And then he continued. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he, he, he has another passage which is very, very strong. And you know, look at this. Luke 14.26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, what? You see the word? hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Discipleship is all about putting God first. Supreme love for God means obeying the commandments. And supreme love for God means that you have to probably realize that, you know, you should love God above even your family. Now, God is, Jesus is not saying here, Mike, you hate your dad, huh? When you go home, you say, I hate you, I hate you, because I love God. You know? <laughs> God is not saying that. You know what God is saying? Here is what God is saying. Here is what God is saying. Your love for your family is there, I don't doubt but your love for me must be so 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 vast and so great that your love for your family will look like it's hatred compared to your love for me. You understand know what I'm saying? That's what Jesus is saying. You know, don't compare my love, you don't compare your love for your family to your love for me. It doesn't match. It's just like what, what God is saying in Isaiah. You know, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your your, your your what your brain is not my brain my intellect is not your intellect my intellect is so far above the heavens is far from the earth. So it's my thoughts. The same thing is true. The love of God is so great, is so different, must be so great, and must be so different that your love for your family will look like you're hating them. It's not saying literally, Joseph, hate her. Hate your kids. No. Can you imagine this family? How beautiful this family is, right? Can you imagine Jesus saying, you know, you beautiful kids, okay? Why don't you hate? I uh, hate that handsome pastor right there, okay? <laughs> and the beautiful lady there, okay? God is not saying that, you know. In fact, in fact, God is saying, love one another so deep, but please, don't, don't, don't love them above me. Our love for God must be so great that compared to our love for family, our love for family will look like hatred. Okay, clear? Yeah. How many of you have been head over heels in love? <sighs> uh, a young canaan man, right? <laughs> I know Mike. Never mind. How many of you really, when you were courting your wife, guys? I'm looking at the older guys right now. Abuch, uh, when you were courting uh Tess. Huh? George? Weren't you head over heels in love and you know exactly how it feels? <laughs> and oh, I can't, I can't. You know I remember I remember when I I remember when I first saw my wife. She was staggering. Drop dead gorgeous. And I never stopped, okay, calling her. You know, I wanted to be with her every day. You know, it means I want to go with her. I want to be with her. I pick her up, bring her home, go back, talk to her for a whole night. When I get home, I will call her again. And I remember during that time, there was no cell phone. being go, Oi party line. Ako muna, huh? Okay. Party line pa Okay? That's being head over heels in love. You know, you wanted to be... You, and Until you know what it means to be so in love with someone, you will never understand, even close, what it means to love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. But that's precisely the problem. Our kind of love that we experience, why we feel good about it, is the very same love that sets us away from God. What? Yeah. And that's why, that's why God said, hey, father, mother, you know, your kind of love is okay, but it's below my standard. He wants us to go higher. I, 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 I want to prove to you my point. And I hope this will, this, hopefully this will turn you around and see and say, aha, yung pagkakamali pagkakamaliko. That's where I'm missing. You see, man's love for woman, or woman's love for man, it's so powerful that it can defy any opposition, right? Yes or no? You know? You, you, you know? Ah, no! Even if your parents... We, masama mga magulang yan, ayoko, I love him! We, rapyan! I love him! I love her. You will defy everything because you are in love with one person. It's so powerful. Remember this picture? This is, uh, Tinette and Henry when they were younger. <laughs> Okay? And look at the way, this is Romeo and Juliet. This was during uh, our time. The movie. Okay, Francisco is laughing, but he was watching this too. Okay, You know, look at the way that they express love with each other. Dikit kamay, di ba? You know, dikit kamay. I want to be with you. Stick to you. Be with you. pwede lang, Let's be together forever and ever. Right? That's when they were in love. And then when they got married, they want to be separated. Why? What's wrong? What is the goal of their love, guys? The goal of their life is very simple. And this was the goal of your love too. Don't laugh. What was the goal of your love? To be with her. To be with him. Right? You just want to be as close as possible to each other. Right, Mike? Oh, right, Paula? Right? Be with her. This was the time of Romi Guevara, okay? Those of you who are so young, you don't know this. There was there was this there was this uh, author Francisco Balagtas. He's very good in coming up. Mommy, I think Mommy knows this. Florante at Laura, you know? I I I like I'd like to use a very famous line in that in that um, novel. Okay? That was was uh, done by Francisco Balagtas. It's actually about foreign story, but they, he contextualized it in the Philippines. Okay? There was a line there that will describe to you how powerful love is. And I hope that we can pick up from it and then turn that around and put it for God. The line was this, O pag na makapangyarihan, sa puso man, ahamaki ng lahat, masunod ka Sarap ano? Can you imagine? Tess, pag sinabi ni Butsaya Right? Tessa, uh, would you like would you like Hill to say that? In English? Timi, uh, niya? Oh love that is so rich! If you enter, do not enter into the heart. Oh man, this is hard. Okay? Can you but it simply says that if you are in love you will defy anything that's what it says Can I just can I just reword this so that it becomes applicable to our topic this morning the the word is this o sa dios o sa sa puso ni lahat is not that putting God above all and obeying all of His commands, even if it hurts. That's love for God. Love is about pleasing the object of your love. If the object of your love is God, then please Him right. Supreme love for God means pleasing God. Clearly, God said, obey all His commands and He will be pleased. In fact, but the fact is this, we don't obey All the time, we obey only at our convenience, terms, and conditions. That's the truth. And we are having difficulty accepting it, but that is the truth. And the truth is, we do not love God at all that we should. Perhaps you do not care about the fact that actually we do not love God. You don't love God, Mike! I don't care. I'm okay. Is that your feelings today? I hope not. I hope you will change. We have more important things to do than loving God because we do not know why we should love God in the first place or that God should matter at all. Maybe that's where we are. And you know, as I was writing this, I told myself, Lord, why can I not obey your commands by faith? Is it because I do not believe you or have faith in you or do not love you at all? Isn't this the question that you may have yourself to right now? Because you want to obey God with all of your heart, and you want to obey all that God commands us. If you're honest to yourself, maybe this is your prayer too. And this is a, this is not a bad this is not a bad comment. This is the beginning of a realization of a problem. And when you realize there's a problem, you can start solving. You know, you're not listening. So, here is my last point. And hopefully this will say make you aha. Why don't we obey? Why don't we not love God? You know what? My answer is this. Because we do not know His kind of love. <laughs> Look at me. You and I know the world's kind of love. The Hollywood love, but you don't know the kind of love that God has. And the moment you know the kind of love that God has for you and me, you will understand. But when a person understands his sinfulness, God's holiness, how God's loving solution can overcome that sinfulness, it will result in a tremendous gratitude and supreme love for God. Let me explain. We need to know and understand God's kind of love. To understand God's kind of love, we need to be experts in three areas. Okay? Number one is anthropology. Number two is soteriology. Number three is Christology. As you can see, your pastor went to the seminary. I'm just kidding. But these are the words that the seminary will put it. But they're, it's correct. For you to understand the kind of love, you need to understand these three things. Never mind those terms. But let me be specific. Anthropology. Knowing who you are as man. Knowing your sinfulness and your sinfulness has consequences. We have been attending Bible studies. What did we learn? We are sinners. And all fall short of God's glory, right? And for the wages of sin is death. Until you understand that, guys, you will never understand the kind of love of God. Number two, soteriology. I cannot even pronounce it. Okay? Man's need for salvation from sin. Right? Do you need to be saved from your sin? Absolutely. And then Christology. Christology. Man's only salvation, Jesus, the Son of God. Until we understand all of this, we will never be able to understand the kind of love that God has. Alright? If you are here seated and you think you're better than God, sorry, you will never love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. But if you're here, you know that I am a sinful man, I cannot help myself, and I need help. Because I can feel it. I know I'm falling short. And the only way that I can do this is to find a solution. And I'm so happy that God provided a solution for me and that solution is Christ. And you know what? I want to embrace that. I want to I get that. Because God is a picture of unselfishness and unlove. Then you'll begin to understand what kind of love God has. This is the kind of love that God has. Whether you like it or not. He did not have to have to send his son Jesus Christ to die, right, Mike? But why, why did he do it? Because he knew that you and I cannot save ourselves on our own. And he wants you to realize that. And by the way, Jesus Christ is the only Son of God. And did he withhold Jesus so that you and I can be saved? No. What I want you to realize is this what kind of love does God have? For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the kind of love that God has. And let me show it to you. The kind of love that God has is called agape. The kind of love that God has is selfless and unconditional. Contrast that to our love. Our head over heels in love. What do we want? I want to call her every time because I want to be near. I. It's all I. You see that? That is the kind of love that we learn from Hollywood and from our own lives. But this is not the kind of love that God has because the kind of love of God has was what? He forgot about himself. He gave his only son. It is completely selfless and unconditional. Did he wait for you to become good? To let Jesus Christ die on the cross? No. It's unconditional. What about your Hollywood love? Oh, if she will not submit to me, I will not. hmm. If she will not tell me, if he will not tell me I love you every day, I will not submit. That's our love. And many times, our standard of love, we put it towards God. That's why we keep failing to obey. Because our mindset is still all about ourselves and not about selflessness. You get what I'm saying? And that's the reason why we need discipleship. Because discipleship is all about what? Obeying God so that you will be selfless. It's hard to obey that. I love you. Oh, please, please, just forget about yourself. Just do it. That's selflessness. And the moment you do it, Aha! Ang bait ni God. Ang daming blessings God ngayon. You will discover that God will meet you at His promises. Why? Because you start to become selfless. Just, just look at the time when, when God is telling you to do something. Look at yourself. Aren't you being selfish about it? All the time, selfish. kalam. But the moment you say, Lord, okay, I'm going to forget about myself and do it for you. Selfless. I'll agape you, in other words. Unconditional kind of love. Then you'll begin to love God. Unlike the love of the world, it is selfish and unconditional. I love my money, it's mine. I love my things, it's mine. Give me my things, I'll, be, I'll love you the same. You know? I love me, I love mine. Everything is all about self. Again, but when a person understands his sinfulness and God's holiness and how God's loving solution can overcome that sinfulness, it will result in a tremendous gratitude and supreme love for God. It's like this. It starts with believing in Christ to be saved. Amen? Then, you're born again. When you're born again, you grow and be transformed. How? Discipleship. That's why we're here. We're here to remind ourselves to obey God, to be selfless, even if it hurts. Remember that guy that I told you to say I love you? He could not say it because he was selfish. He could say it before because the the, the romance was budding and it's okay. But now... Iba na right? It's easy for young lovers, as I look at you now, okay, to say I love you to each other. Why? Because you're very selfish. Actually, you have your own selfish motives. Because okay? <laughs> if, if I say I love you, may kiss ako, okay? Right? But you see, the love of God is unconditional, expecting nothing in return. He gives you commands which you never understand, but when you obey Him, He's pleased because it's not about yourself, it's about God. It starts with being born again, growing towards what? Selfless and unconditional Christ-likeness. That's discipleship. That's formation of character. Then you can supremely love God. You understand what I'm saying? Only then can you supremely love God, obey God, selfless and unconditional. And then you will feel God smiling. God is pleased. God is happy. Just like my friend. He called me. I'm so happy. My wife changed. Okay? Even my daughter saw it already and I'm excited. Wow! I was so happy for him and I was almost saying, wow, God, you're amazing. I told myself. All I told him was what? To say, I love you to your wife for the next 30 days. Was that easy for me to say? Yes. Was it hard for him to do? Absolutely. But he did it. God met him and he's so happy. He will never be the same man, believe me. And he will be a disciple of God. You can love others. If God is pleased and happy, you can love others easily. Why? Because you're selfless (laughs) now. You will be in His presence, rested, distinguished, and you will become a true disciple, ready to disciple others. That's why we're here. And it all starts with what? It all starts with loving God supremely above all. To understand that His love is agape, not selfless. Not selfish. He He wants us to understand that His love is selfless. I agape God because I know that he is the sovereign, almighty God who made me and therefore loves me and has a wonderful plan for me. I just said this to myself while I was preparing this message. And I I prayed it will be your prayer as well. I love God because he knows that on my own, my sins will condemn me and destroy me, that I need a savior because I cannot save myself, much less, much less, please God. To save me, he provided me a savior through whom I will be blessed and be saved. The only thing He wants is for me to love Him back by obeying His will and His commands for me. And when I start obeying, this is just me. And I want, you to, I want you to have this prayer as well. This is just me. And when I start obeying, what happens? Obedience is discipleship. Make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Isn't that, isn't that exactly why God wants us to love Him with all of His heart so that we can obey so that we can become the true disciples that we are. With obedience, disciples are made. You know, when you come to me and pastor in song and say, Pastor, we want to be discipled. We want you to to impact our lives through the word of God. We We will only tell you one thing. Will you be ready to obey? Because when you obey, the first pillar will be established. If I tell you Forgive. Ah, yo, oh, please. You're not ready to be discipled. Because it's still all about yourself. I'm looking at you right now. And we're all here because we want to be excited about our Christian life, because we want to be in God's presence. Okay? We want to experience His restedness. And the only way you can do that is to obey. And the, the benefits are there. And then you know what? Who knows? We may even impact the world. Is that a good enough incentive for all of us to obey God even if it hurts? So today, you've heard the first build up pillars. And that is the supreme love for God. Next week, you will heal much more, one building upon the other. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Forgive us, Lord, for our own type of love, which is selfish, conditional. We have been so wired to be like that. So, Father, I pray that you will unwire that or rewire that so that we can become the kind of, of disciples who will be agapeing you and agapeing one another. Lord, allow us to experience. You, when we obey you unconditionally, and and I, I I want I want to start I want to start right, and if I cannot start right now because I'm not even sure, Lord, that I am part of the family, would you would you help me become born again right now? I'm I might have been living my Christian life for the longest time, but it's all been about myself and not about you, Lord. I want to love you with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Allow me, Lord, to just see that I cannot do it on my own and I'm a sinner. And that's why I, I bow myself before you today again, asking you, Lord, to come into my life, save me, make me born again, and allow me to be subject to a discipleship program where I will be trained to obey even if it hurts. If that's your prayer for today, Between you and God, go ahead and do it. And be excited about the future that you'll be facing because of his faithfulness. Father, we just want to thank you for every one of us here. And we're here ready ready to hear your word to be discipled because we want to love you with all of our hearts. And we want to be faithful. Lord, bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.